0: Hi everyone this is Judy here. We're doing DT through Ephesians and we're starting with chapter one. First I wanted to give some background. This is a letter that Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus during his imprisonment in Rome around AD 62. Ephesus was during this time a very wealthy port city in Asia Minor. It had advanced aqueduct, a 25,000 person amphitheater, a major library with over 12,000 scrolls, and the city prided itself on the Temple of Artemis, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. In Acts 19, you may remember that there was a riot at Ephesus when the silversmith and craftsmen rose up against Apostle Paul for preaching the gospel, as they felt that the gospel threatened their livelihood and they wanted to sell idols and have people worship at the Temple of Artemis. So this was the city to which Apostle Paul was writing his letter to, the Christians who are in Ephesus, verses one through three, Ephesians one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The commentary here states that in the Greek, Verses 3-14 through are one sentence. And therefore the Holy Spirit carried Paul along in his thinking as he contemplated God's provision, so that he moved quickly from one blessing to the next. It is as though he was ecstatically opening a treasure chest, lifting its jewels with his hands, letting them cascade through his fingers and marveling briefly at them as they caught his eye. God has a plan for all believers to bless us with every spiritual blessing that is ours because we are all in Christ. And again, in the commentary, it says, quote, each section ends with a note of praise for God, focusing on a different member of the Trinity. After an opening summary of all the spiritual blessings in verse three, the first section, verses four to six, offers up praise that the Father has chosen us in eternity past. The second section, verses seven through 11, Offers up praise that the Son has redeemed us in the historical past at the cross. And the third section, verses 12 through 14, offers up praise that the Holy Spirit has sealed us in our personal past at the point of conversion. Unquote. Verses 4 to 5 says, Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him, in love He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Some people have interpreted verses like these in verses 4-5 to five, to mean that God has predetermined some people to heaven and some to hell, so there is no use in sharing the gospel with others since some are predestined for hell. I found this commentary to be helpful in understanding these verses. Quote. Some Calvinistic interpreters have concluded that since God predetermined the final destiny of those He chose for salvation, it is only logical that He also predetermined the damnation of the non-elect. It is therefore unnecessary, they say, for us to concern ourselves with the salvation of individuals since God has predetermined this. This view called double predestination goes beyond the teaching of Scripture. The Scriptures never state that God has predetermined the fate of the non-elect. The emphasis of scripture, on the other hand, is on the possibility from the human viewpoint of anyone trusting in Jesus Christ and receiving salvation." So Apostle Paul is writing to the Christians here and saying, God chose us, predestined us for adoption. But this does not mean that those who are not Christian yet are therefore destined to eternity in hell. If that were the case, then Apostle Paul would not be suffering for the sake of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, who are not part of God's original chosen people. I think it is more reasonable to conclude then that Apostle Paul is so thankful for his salvation which he knew he didn't deserve or earn, but was given to him by God through grace because of the blood of Jesus, that he is emphasizing how his salvation was all God's work. That Apostle Paul himself didn't contribute to this salvation at all, but it was all God choosing to save us, adopt us. This does not mean that others who are not yet saved are hopelessly left in that condition forever. Reading through Ephesians 1, this time I felt how grateful Apostle Paul is to be in prison and still in awe over the intangible but real eternal spiritual blessings he had in Christ. It was a wonder to me as when I look at my own heart, it is often so full of myself that I have a hard time being grateful for these same intangible spiritual blessings in Christ. But the truth is, these same blessings are mine and are every believers in Christ. These are not earned or deserved. These are completely free, given to us by God, by grace, through the blood of Jesus, because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and not because of anything we've done or earned. Ephesians 1 shows me what God is like. He blesses and loves to bless and is very generous towards us sinners. It is a mature heart that can appreciate these blessings, not be stuck in present circumstances wondering, What have you done for me lately? God's blessing of salvation? How often do I really marvel at this? Apostle Paul's circumstances here, he was writing to the church in Ephesus, in prison in Rome for the sake of the gospel, yet he was able to write such lofty words of gratitude for this gospel that was the very reason for his imprisonment. What depth of gratitude Apostle Paul had for his salvation, that in the midst of his suffering, he was able to give such eloquent detailed description of the blessings he had in Christ. The very Gospel he once tried to destroy, Apostle Paul was now being imprisoned for. And his response wasn't bitterness or self-pity, but praise as he starts off in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Apostle Paul doesn't take his salvation, the Gospel, for granted or get upset that he was in prison for the sake of the Gospel. He never got over the fact that he was redeemed and forgiven of his trespasses because of the blood of Jesus. This redemption wasn't begrudgingly given, but was generously given to us, as Paul describes in verse 8, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And Apostle Paul looks forward to his inheritance and has eternal perspective, as in verse 18 it says, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. As Apostle Paul is speaking of the hope that is in the future, now unseen, but hope, that in heaven we will see all the seeds, and they are our inheritance. How Apostle Paul must have longed to see the believers in Ephesus, one of the churches he planted, through much persecution, suffering, blood, sweat, and tears, and yet because he was in prison he couldn't visit them, but he was looking forward to heaven when he could see them all there with Jesus face to face. Apostle Paul was not focused on present circumstances, but he was giving thanks for the Ephesians, wanting to encourage them while he was the one in prison. You know, I've recently returned from our church's All Team Retreat, ATR, and experienced the glimpse of this joy described in verse 18. Being with people I haven't seen since COVID started, the different church members I've known over the past 20 years, I've been at our church. I was so happy to see these people, some who I've co-labored with in ministry, some who were older brothers and sisters to me, some who were like spiritual fathers and mothers, teaching me the gospel, showing me what it looked like to live it out. Some I've loved and shared the gospel with, younger ones I've ministered to, prayed for, anguished over, so that they would be saved and become mature in Christ. You know, I miss these people a lot, and I can imagine, this is how Apostle Paul must have felt towards these Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, as he planted so many churches and wrote these epistles. They're just a small portion of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and in heaven, I'll be able to see those I've never gotten to see before, like Apostle Paul himself, Hudson Taylor, Gladys Alward, C.T. Studd, Helen Roosevelt, just to name a few. So whatever life circumstances we may be facing, let's imitate the faith of Apostle Paul. Choose to look to our eternal inheritance in Christ. Choose to give thanks in all circumstances. And remember the people who are part of the glorious inheritance in the saints. And invest in these relationships that God has given us in Christ Jesus. Let's continue to love God and love people. Have a nice day!